Welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on Saturday's 4-0 win, Heather Holloway. Heather, how are you? Great, thanks Matt. Always fantastic after a Thistle win at the weekend, but just what a day that was. So yeah, absolutely on cloud nine and excited to be back on the podcast for the first time this year. Great stuff. We've got him on a, a one-week loan from back from Hearts in the January transfer window. James Kearney. James, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, chance it might even be a two-week loan, because I'm hoping to go get through to Greenock next weekend as well. So who knows? You might be stuck with wow. it for another week until I go it? back to my big team. <laughs> January rumour that. And running off a panel, also with a full rotation of guests this week. That might be the first time that's happened. David Forrest. David, happy new year. How are you? Happy New Year, I'm well. It was a great game on Saturday, it was good seeing everybody, hospitality was great and it, it's good. I mean, a lot of squad rotation going on, you know, people are going to be calling you out, Matt, saying you're not taking this episode seriously enough because you're just rotating everybody, but you know what, uh, I'm looking forward to talking about the game. David, maybe it was last week's episode we weren't taken seriously, it's like, who can say? We will start, we'll, we'll come on to the growth game in a minute, we'll start with a very important question Heather I'll start with you on this one we were having a chat the other night and I can't remember why this came up but it did who would win in a, a draw lose or draw sprint race and um, I would say you must have had at least three appearances on draw lose or draw to qualify for this so we can't have like uh, I'm trying to think of fast wingers we've had on but they're escaping but you can't say like Reese Cole or something because obviously he's a professional athlete and um, you must have had three appearances on draw lose or draw who would win in a, a straight sprint race See, that's tough because I was thinking this was like close knit, like the people on here and Jamie and Reese. I didn't realize this was extending to further. Listen, if, if that's who you want to include, that's absolutely fine. You're in charge. I, if, if we're going a little bit broader, then I would say Vinny because I know that Vinny's a runner. And right, like, we'll, ex- like we'll exclude Vinny then because that's unfair. And Ken runs as well. So they, they're out. Ken does yeah. run. That's a good shout as well. Well, if we're going close knit, I'm just going to absolutely back myself and go me. David, because, do you get anything okay, to say about this? Do you want a reason or do you want to just, like, no? Like, uh, I'll see if David wants to come back on that. Okay. This is all probably going to get um, cut. I mean, it's not. You know it's not. Um, I I have a, a, a pick for this. It is someone on this call. It is, in fact, Mr. James Kearney, because I have ran with James Kearney. Uh, for a train and good god what a turn of pace he has on him he smokes and he, he blows all away he's he, he, what he's he's a lightning lightning Kearney as they call him up in up in the Gordy roads um but yeah we go James Kearney he would smash us all in a in a sprint race James I think you are the only smoker on the call would would distance of race affect you uh you fancy yourself maybe 20 meters but if we extended that out a bit have you got problems or have you got a good sell along so I mean nonetheless uh no I reckon I reckon 100 meters is fine 
200s maybe anything above that you know, you know you're kind of taking taking the best at that point um yeah i've got the lung i've probably got the lung capacity of a toddler so yeah i mean i have i have ran for trains with david that was going to su- suggest him but yeah I, I think i was faster than that time so i might be yeah i'm going to do heather's thing and i'm going to pick myself okay this is maybe one of the things we will add to the the long list of things that we will maybe do on some free week which we'll, we'll never do but you know we'll put that in the back burner and you might see that on youtube in like 2028 Matt, have you seen the one when um, there's a boy during lockdown where I think he like arranges for like this like race that he did in like primary seven or something and he gets all the people back in like the same like place and they all race in the park and they have the same race like 10 years apart. I'll need to find it. It's actually quite like I quite enjoyed it. (laughs) Like, see, see the actual idea of a race. I'd be up for it, but see, as the person who has to organise three people coming onto a podcast once a week, the, the logistics of arranging like eight or nine people out in a park is what's making me think this. This is never going to happen, and we'll need like a camera as well. It's the logistics. It's too much effort. Um, we'll kick it down the road. I know how Gary Caldwell some... feels struggling, with, you know, <laughs> struggling with logistics with eight or nine men out in the park. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, if someone from your old school, you who you hadn't spoke to in at least a decade, messaged you and says, "Do you fancy doing a foot race in the park in EK?" Would you be going yes? Uh, it really depends who. I hate to say this to you, David, but if I spoke to them in school, I'd have spoken to them less than a decade ago. I know that'd be tough for you to hear. Um, we'll we'll move on and we will start with a little. Well, I say we'll start. We're five minutes in now. We'll begin to look at the football with a look at the, the starting 11 on Saturday. And there was only one change to the team. Blair Olsen came in for Ben Stanway, who picked up a knock in training on Friday. I think he said it's not that serious an injury, so we're hoping he's back. Or this Saturday at Capelo. Heather, what did you make of that starting 11 when you saw it? Yeah, I think obviously gutted for Ben. And he, he spoke before the game about the fact that, you know, he has to first, I mean, put himself first, but also put the team first and they wouldn't give a fair reflection for himself in the park. And I think that's quite um, a mature thing to do. I know that some people maybe wouldn't see, see it that way. Um, I think um, obviously, famously, Alston and I have not been the best of friends, but he has proved me wrong in some of the really important goals that he scored uh, in the in the recent times. So obviously was uh, was happy to see him come in. He is a different player to Stanway. I knew that would kind of change maybe a bit of the formation and maybe a bit more uh, dependence on um, on Banzo and uh, McEnroy uh, and 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 their and the roles that they'd have to play. Um, I do think that potentially Scott Robinson at some point maybe deserves a wee start somewhere, especially after the way that he played. But yeah, I was I was happy to see I was happy to see Alston. And yes, you can quote that, David. <laughs> James, you've not been to to many games this season just because of your your new job, which we'll go on to a little bit later. But what did you make of the performance as a whole? Were you impressed with this? Or did you like what you see? Do you think we were deserving of a a four 0 victory? Oh yeah, I thought it was a great watch. Um, I thought this were by far the better team. Um, first half it could have been a bit better, obviously, but I mean, particularly in the second half as the game wore on, I mean, our both looked done by about the 60th, 70th minute mark, um, and it just became a case of well, how many? You know, Adeloy obviously came off the bench, gets to could have easily had four on another day. You know, uh, <laughs> I don't think Brian Graham was particularly pleased about that when 
he was uh, doing the hospitality stuff afterwards and he pointed out that as, as soon as he came off the pitch all of the balls kept going like getting played into the six yard box like right where he normally is so yeah but no I was impressed but I wasn't really impressed with what I saw last Thistle game that I attended was the game at Tynecastle the the 4-0 tanking um, off Hearts where just you know obviously Thistle just did not get going at all that day so it was night and day compared to that um, I, I'd hoped for a win I was probably expecting a win but I didn't think it'd be quite so emphatic and yeah it left me feeling really positive about the rest of the season I still think that from from what I have seen this season and obviously from keeping up with the pod and stuff like that I, I don't know if we've got quite enough about us to like seriously push Wraith on Wraith and United the full way I think we'll probably end up in the playoffs I can't see us dropping out and then as we saw last season absolutely anything can and anything will happen in the playoffs so then you never know so yeah no, I think it's never a good performance um Obviously, with United and race slipping up as well, it does you know get us that wee bit closer? And aye, it's just aye, I think it's a, I think we're in a pretty good place, especially when you just look back at you know the players we lost in the summer and they were all you know important first team players. You know, we had a lot of um, a lot of players from the academy have kind of stepped up, and I think that to be where we are now, I think at the start of the season, if you'd offered most of us that, we'd have snapped your hand off. David, your summary in ninety minutes. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was a, a dominative performance against Abrolf. I, I thought Abrolf really struggled, and yeah, they looked completely bereft of ideas by about no 60, 65 minutes. And we we had as good a performance as we could have hoped for. I think with the the weather and just where Abrolf are and the sort of team that they are, it could have been a tricky game, but we navigated it really, really well and. I thought that it was just you know, some fantastic uh, performances in the pitch. I did enjoy him, Fitzy, admitting in hospitality that his goal was a cross um, instead of a shot. But um, I thought they had just to a man. I thought everyone was really good uh, on Saturday. And it's just really, really encouraging to show that I think we, we talked recently about how we used to always just win convincingly, like two, three nil and stuff like that. And the the margins have become slimmer and slimmer. Where we're we're kind of edging games now, so it was nice to have a like a four nil sort of game there. Um, so yeah, a uh, really great performance and a great day. Yeah, I feel like I'm saying this on an almost weekly basis now, but I think that game basically just summed up where we are in terms of we are a level or two above everybody else in the league. And we're still a level or two behind Dundee United and Wraith. Obviously, our both like they were in Gayfield in November, missing Tam O'Brien and a, a threadbare squad with, with only three outfield subs again on on Saturday. So I think you've got to take that into account a bit. But David, I think it was you that said it on Saturday. You look back at last season, a similar time of the season, and we lost back-to-back to, to Hamilton and Colvett for Hill, who were the bottom two teams in the league. And now we've just beaten our both in Queen's Park, the bottom two teams in the league at home, back-to-back, and we've scored seven goals. Obviously, they're not the strongest teams in the league, but you can only beat what's in front of you and score on seven goals in tough conditions where the pitch isn't ideal, the weather's not ideal. I think it's it's a good sign and it's been a, a, a decent festive period, I think, for us. Heather, John Henderson, he's asked how good was Banzo on Saturday. Did, was he the standout for you? Who else caught your eye? Firstly, yeah, I think Shoot Bannigan was, was brilliant um, on Saturday. I think he controlled the game. I think someone tweeted about the fact, like one of the... Um, like the stops he made, the way that he controlled the ball and like the, the ball winning that he did was almost as important or as important as some of the goals that were scored. Uh, I think it's great to see him uh, back in at his best. And I think, you know, 
you do really notice when Banzo's not quite at it because we depend on him so much. And um, and he just seemed to stroll it um, and kind of wind back the years a little bit, which was um, which is really good. But I mean, for me, I thought Ian Fitzpatrick was absolutely sensational on Saturday. Um, he, um, the way that he created space, the way that he opened up the play, the crosses that he put in, and just like he had he had the Arbroath defence on toast, but um, he just has such a great attacking mindset and is never scared to take take on players or take a shot on and um, he's just oozing confidence right now and he was absolutely fantastic at the weekend so for me he was um he 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 was probably my shining light at the game but I also think after conversations that have happened in recent weeks I think it is also important to mention that Jamie Snedden had quite a good game uh, there was a few quite important saves, especially in the first half, and we weren't quite at it yet. I think Dylan talked about the fact that at half time he said he needed more from the players and they wanted to change up, get some people free and on the ball and attacking. But it would have been a different game had we conceded at 1 0. And I think that Jamie Snedden uh, controlled him at the box well, was quick with some of his. Um, you know, throw, throws out and things. Yes, maybe he needs to work on his kicking still, but uh, I think especially after some questions that were raised at um, after the game the week before, I think that it was good for him to get such a confident performance under his belt. Yeah, I agree with you, Heather. I was quite harsh on on last week's podcast. I thought he had a, a tough month where he looked nervous in most of the games, but I thought he looked really calm and assured on on Saturday, a couple of saves, one in particular, I think, from a deflection, which Donna Wilson actually took a really good photo of. Um, I thought it was a great save and, yeah, an important time of the game as well. So it's only one game and he needs to sort of put a string of those together, I think. But it's, it's a good start after a shaky period for him. As you've said, Heather, I don't think you can begrudge Fitzpatrick getting Thistle's player of the match in, in, any game, in any game at the moment. He's putting in a really high, consistent level of performance. I agree with John. I thought Banzo was excellent. I actually thought Harry Milne would have been my pick for, for man of the match on Saturday. I, I said last week he looked like he was just getting back to his best, and I thought Saturday was his best game of the season. Some of the balls he, were, he was delivering from the, the left-hand side were terrific. He was really solid. They didn't give anything away at the back either, and him and Nielsen looked quite solid. So it brings me on to, to the question I was going to ask you, James. You obviously had a, a keen eye on Lewis Nielsen. What did you make of his performance and what have hearts made of his development so far this season, do you think? Uh, so I was, I was really impressed. Again, like you say, I've not had a chance to watch a week in, week out. Um, I can only go off of what I'm hearing, you know, guys like yourselves and other Thistle fans have been saying about him. And yeah, I was really impressed with him. I thought he, he was excellent. Obviously, he played, played alongside someone like Aaron Muirhead, who's obviously got that experience and that really helps, I think, in terms of just sort of guiding them through matches and things like that. But I mean, I, I interviewed... Um, Lewis Nielsen a couple of months ago just about his loan spell and he talked about how he wanted to go out on loan to get some game time he wanted to find a club where they were going to like play good football and he was going to get time on the ball and get the chance to do things on the ball and that that's how the move to Thistle came about like, I, I thought he was really good on, on Saturday there again I don't think our both had much of a sniff particularly as the game wore on but I, I guess the big the big thing for Thistle fans is I know there's been some chat recently about whether or not he's going to get recalled by Hearts I, sh- I should say I don't have any insider information here. This is just me just talking, but I would be very surprised if if they did get recalled. I don't think that's a concern at all, to be honest. Just because <clears throat> Hearts are playing with a back three at the moment, 
but they've already they're well stocked for centre halves. They've already got five. Someone like Craig Halkett, who's a big player for them, has been injured for the last year. But he can't even get back in the team at the moment. So I think Nielsen's time would be much better served at this one. I'm pretty sure Naismith feels the same way. Um, he's certainly not made any. He's not said anything publicly uh, about any intention to bring Lewis Nielsen back. So I, I don't think that has to worry. That's much of a worry. Just because I, I know, like right now, Hearts do desperately need a right back. When I know people might say, "Oh, there's Nielsen, he could do that," and yeah, to be fair, he could. But I think Naismith's very, um, he likes to take a kind of long-term approach when it comes to his players and their development and things like that. And I think with Nielsen, the idea is, you know, he's 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 been sent out on loan to play centre half because he needs to get more used to the physical side of the game, and you know, he needs to kind of toughen up a bit and like you know, get used to the rough and tumble of the life of you know in, in Scottish football. And you don't really get that to the same extent at fullback as you do at centre half. So again, I, I I can't see Naismith like ripping up in Nicholson's development plan and starting again just to plug a gap when he could just turn to the market and said. So yeah, so yeah, I thought this Nicholson really good. And yeah, hopefully, again, I'd be very very surprised if he ends up getting sent back to Gorgie earlier than planned. Yeah, I think plenty of people will be sort of breathing a sigh of relief at, at that. David, anyone else stand out for you? Um, I mean, you've kind of covered the main ones. I, I have to agree about Snedden. I think we were, I think most of us were really quite critical of him last week and certainly of his mistakes in, in recent games. But he definitely showed a, a bit more confidence and a bit more command. Um, and that was really good. Uh, it does feel like the last game against uh, Queen's Park was a sort of, right, okay, this is. Because I think that was the first time I'd actively heard a lot of people. You always get people who talk about, you know, Sned and, and oh, you know, um, you know, we maybe need to get another goalkeeper and stuff like that. But that felt like the first when the tide has started to turn. So I, I really, I obviously he didn't have the the most energetic of games because he was playing against a team that were, frankly, not that great. But um, yeah, I just thought that he showed uh maturity and confidence that he hasn't shown in the last couple of weeks so that was really good but overall I think I just feel that the, the whole team was really really good um, I, I think that we just we took the game with a scruff in the neck and that's ultimately what these games in the championship come down to who can c- command the game who can impose their blueprint on the game and we done it and we did really good so yeah um, I think all round some great performances but I did uh, enjoy Snedden's renewed confidence yeah, we should mention as well, since we last recorded, we've signed a goalkeeper. Ross Stewart's come in on a, a deal to the end of the season. Heather, do you see him just sort of playing second fiddles to Sned? And I know um, Paul McDonald was in hospitality before the game on, on Saturday, saying that he's coming in to sort of fight for the number one jersey. But can you see him getting any game time in the league between now and the end of the season? I think it's interesting, definitely. Obviously, uh, gutted that. Mitchell um, is injured and uh, and hope that he recovers soon. But it's, I think I think it's really proactive that we are you know gone out and got someone quickly. And I think I mean as Paul McDonald said on Saturday, all competitions good competition, and we want people to be fighting. I think it keeps Jamie on his toes. I think that part of like Jamie's best games for Thistle have been when he has got high confidence and when he believes in himself and also he's got like the the fans behind him and I feel that as long as Jamie Seddon continues to play like that then I don't see um someone else getting in but 
if there are more mistakes I think that obviously there could be a change you know I mean I don't really like talking about last season too often all the time but obviously we saw after was it Jamie was injured at the end of last season is that when Mitchell got back in and then obviously Julian put his trust in Mitchell for the playoffs etc so I do feel that if there was something to happen that Dylan is quite loyal and he does give people the time and doesn't just drop people for the sake of dropping them or because of some sort of unspoken like oh he's back he must come in so I do think that the shirt and the gloves are Jamie's for as long as he plays well. David David Valance has asked if you can buy season tickets and hospitality we had a fantastic day myself and you at table 15 on Saturday on the hospitality takeover from the Jags Foundation. Just how good a day a day and an afternoon was it, David? Yeah, it was an absolutely fantastic day. I think as well, streamer guests that we had in. So we had Chris Erskine, we had Chick Charnley, you know, Alec Ray. We 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 had they they really pushed the boat out in terms of getting guests in um for that. And yeah, it was just great seeing you know, everybody uh, really enjoying it. And I think this this must be the first ever recorded Jackie Husband boing boing. It must be. The Jackie Husband was in full effect. And it was, it was so weird because we, we went to Munns afterwards and they were talking about how it was quite flat in the in the Lambie. And it was because all the people that really bring all the, 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 the ruckus there were in hospitality. And... Um, yeah, a fantastic day. I, I was a bit worried after the last time me and you did hospitality, Matt. Um, an absolutely <laughs> shameful day, which ended with me sitting behind a wall at the casino for 20 minutes as my wife sat on the other side of the wall because I was too steaming to notice she was parked there waiting for me. Thankfully, it, you know, it was a more, far more sensible um, affair uh, on Saturday. But uh, yeah, I just a, a great a great day out. Well, she's hosting Gavin's uh, DJ as well was great, and yeah, I just you know, you, you can't praise them enough. It was absolutely brilliant. You mentioned previous visits to hospitality, David. I was in hospitality for the, the last or both home game. It was a 3-0 defeat. And the one previous to that that you referred to, do you know Duncan got mugged that night? You did, remember. yeah. <laughs> Jesus. To the best of my knowledge, no muggings on Saturday. So an, an improvement already. Yeah, you've stolen two out of the three shout-outs I was going to give. Well, she was excellent as a host. And we're still waiting for this, one of his excellent readings to open a podcast with. Uh, Gavin Dunbar, superb DJing, playing like Ian Fitzpatrick's song and Brian Graham's song when they were introduced. That was great, great songs all day. And the Scran as well, David, that, that, the lasagna, that was the nicest hospitality meal I've had at Full House. Sometimes the food can be a little bit hit and miss. That's probably going back a few years, to be fair. But that lasagna on uh, on Saturday was class. So that was a, that was a top day. And I know you were sort of hanging about, you weren't allocated a table you weren't entitled to any free drinks which is a, a real shame for you but I know you want to shout out some of the hard work that went into putting that day on on Saturday and have a word for the outgoing chair of the Jags Foundation Sandy Fife. Yeah it's you know it's it fills my heart with so much joy to hear just what a good day people had and it's been lovely to read some of the comments and it just the feedback in general is is been fantastic and everything went so well and the fact that this one really really helps but it really was a fantastic day and I, and it was so nice to put 
faces to names of people that um you know like badges that I've helped my mum label uh like label up the envelopes and things like that and but also there's like people around the stadium and stuff it was just it was just a really really good day and I mean it's so special I think Ian Fitzpatrick said like you know he's never seen like walked into hospitality and just be like full-on Thistle fans because obviously usually hospitality is there's a sponsor table there's people from other clubs it's like birthdays like it's all quite like separated though to, and together at the same time if if you understand what I mean but like that was probably the most together room like that wasn't like an event for for example someone's testimonial or things like that like that was just a normal game but it was just it was just bouncing it really was uh, and yeah you've touched on some of the really important people that made the day possible but I think for me I need to shout out well all the other um, Jazz Foundation board members who have worked really hard just to make sure that other people had a great day I, and um, and I think we can I hope everyone can say they did you know Ian is our events guru and um, and he just made it all sing it just it, it everything just worked so well and um and and that was a lot down to his his um, intricate planning um graham cowie with his master of spreadsheets and and all things admin he really did a a wonderful job and uh, but yeah it was just it was just fantastic and also that was um derek in our new member of the jazz nation board he just fell into place and was absolutely amazing all day and you know he only met us at jack and ellie's an hour before that and he just he just slotted in and he's absolutely fantastic so yeah it was it was a real team effort but um but yeah they they were brilliant and and as you say Matt um I think it's really really important to mention Sandy um James Kearney I know you've had like some really good interactions with him over the period of of, of fan ownership and just what a man he is uh, if you haven't managed to grab the program or if you haven't read it yet uh, no, I'm not tooting it because I wrote it, but um, I had the absolute honour to write the tribute to Sandy in there. He's just an absolutely wonderful man who has given so much of his life, his time, all his energy to ensuring the longevity of Party Thistle Football Club. He has put in so much effort into this fan ownership model, into the agreements, into massive policy documents things that some people will never quite understand and Sandy is one of the kindest people on top of that you know it can be in some for some people it can be easy to be clever it can be easy to, to be good at your job and things like that but also to be such a resilient kind honest person I think that speaks volumes and uh, I'm going to miss him so much I am on on the board he knows that and um but I I know I've got a friend for life in him and and I know, I know so many people do feel that too but I think one of the highlights for me on Saturday was Sandy getting a standing ovation because the Jazz Foundation don't, don't do things for for thanks and Sandy is one of the biggest people for that you know he doesn't he doesn't love the limelight at all, but it was wonderful to see him recognised for that. And obviously we are into Pastors New and we have our new chair. Things will, will change and evolve as we go on with this fan ownership model. But I think when we are old and looking back at the club and things that have changed and things that have happened, I think we all need to remember the name Sandy Fife. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Heather. I, w- I was going to say I would hate to be the guy that's replacing Sandy. Uh, I'll be a tough gig. 
James, you've had a new job for a couple of months now. I know a lot of Thistle fans will have missed your, your coverage of the club in the, in the newspaper. If they don't follow you online, do you want to tell us a bit about what you've been up to in the last few months and how much you've been enjoying it? Uh, yeah, sure, if anyone's interested. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been working for a website called Heart Standard. Um, so it's just covering hearts. Uh, and just, that's the sole focus. Um, it's myself and Joel Sked. Um, people might know him from the View from the Terrace. Um, and yeah, it's going really well. We're really enjoying it. Um, we're basically just yeah, kind of building up uh, an audience and kind of establishing ourselves, but it's been going really well so far. Uh, we're all thoroughly enjoying it. To be honest, though, there's no, I don't really feel there's much point in giving it a spiel here because I mean, it's for Hearts fans. So they, if you're not a Hearts fan, you won't be interested. And I don't know how many Hearts fans you have in your listenership, but I'm assuming not many. Don't know, James. The M8 Alliance is, is alive and well. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really want to do a deep dive feature on that on that flag. Oh, please do. Just the history of that flag, because it's please a do. fascinating, fascinating thing. Uh, we could maybe team up and do a pod on it as well. Uh, a co-project, that would be good. Uh, I'll stick with you, James. We actually had lots of listener questions about um, starting 11s and can Dylan incorporate some more attacking players in this team? All the sort of... Uh, chatter that goes on after you make some attacking substitutions, bring on a striker, they score a couple of goals, you score four. Um, can you see any sort of changes like that to the team for a, a trip to Morton on Saturday or do you think it'll be quite a settled starting 11? Ben Stanway probably pushing to get back in the team. Any other changes for you, James? I mean, I wouldn't have thought so. Um, just again, just because of the strength of the performance on Saturday. Um, again, yeah, Stanley's probably the one we he's probably pushing for selection. I'd imagine if he's fit for it, but Aside from that, no, I mean, obviously Adeloy didn't do his chances of starting any any harm. And, of course, he has scored at Morton as well earlier this season. So, But I, I said, you know, Dylan likes playing with one striker. It's just that's his tactical setup. It, it largely works. You know, they're sort of scoring a lot of goals and they're doing really well this season. So I think that, <clears throat> yeah, I think I would imagine we've largely the same team. I'd say maybe Stanley and for Alston, perhaps... Um, a changing goal as well, but apart from that, even then, I think I'd be harsh on Jamie Stedden after what was, a, what was a really good performance on Saturday. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't expect many changes at all. Heather, you've got your hand up. What about you? Well, I just wanted to say that at the game on Saturday, I was stood next to someone who, after Adelaide made, had those two misses, was like, send him back send him back is <laughs> in not even like send him off like like take him off the pitch is in send him back from his like from from his club <laughs> and i and then obviously when the the next when the when the goals happened they were like yeah yeah i know nothing about football and i really enjoyed that it was one of one of the highlights of my day of just like that it, it's just the way how you know how funny things can happen and like how quickly games can change and it was wild I mean Adelaide should have had four goals I think it's hard to drop Brian Graham regardless he is the top goal scorer he's a kind of he's someone you can totally depend on but he's also the, the captain and he's the leader so it's very hard and as James said we we do play with one because because we have so much energy and attack from people like Ian Fitzpatrick from Harry Milne from Jack McMillan and Stevie Lawless but I do feel at some point there needs to come a time where Adloy gets a start. And I wonder if they, potentially that might be Ross County where, and I'm sorry that I didn't give a trigger warning before saying that, but I do wonder if maybe at the cup we give it a bit of a, we give him a bit of a chance there because you can see that there's a finisher in there. There's a goal scorer, there's a goal threat there. And if that's going to help us 
with our campaign for for the league, then we need to utilize it. But I agree. I think I think if Stanway's fit, he plays. But I also think that Scott Robinson is potentially pushing a start. Your Scott Robinson points interesting, Heather, because yeah, he was he was quite effective when he came on 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 Saturday, and I remember the last visit to Capital, he actually came on off the bench, and I can't remember if it was his, his debut or not. It was one of his first appearances anyway. And he, he made a, a really good impact off the bench. I think we scored almost immediately from when he came on and he assisted one of the goals with an excellent header. Um, so yeah, that's an interesting option, especially if Stanway's not fit. I think on Brian Graham, I was impressed with Adelaide when he came on, on on Saturday. I think it's a really good sign of a striker if you're you're getting lots of chances, even if you're missing, like even if he didn't get the two after he missed the, the first two. I think it's a good sign you're coming off the bench and you're, you're having an impact and getting in positions. But then... To get the two goals is obviously a huge boost, boost to his confidence, but I, I don't think you can drop Brian Graham. He's, as you've said, the league's top goal scorer. You hear Fitzpatrick whenever he's interviewed says Brian Graham talks him through all the games, encourages him through all the games, and, and that's probably a big factor in Fitzpatrick's form this season as well. So yeah, there's no real question for me in terms of Brian Graham's our, our first choice striker. And I think if if Stanway is fit, I think Stanway maybe comes in for Olsen, but if Stanway's not quite there. And maybe be looking at, as you say, bringing Robinson in in the, in the ten row for Olsen, I think on on Saturday. David, where's where's good to go in Greenock? <laughs> Are you going to advise anywhere else other than the Northman? Um, no, I mean, um, friend of friend slash enemy of the show, Evan McFarlane, um, has he's mentioned that there is apparently a quite legendary Greenock pub crawl, but frankly, I do quite enjoy not being stabbed, so. Um, I'll probably give that one a rest. No, North one's always good. Um, and to be fair, the food at Capital, when they actually sell it, is really good. But um, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be um, Norseman uh, as usual. It's it's a rare breed of dive. Uh, there's not really much like it. I mean, I know we all talk about the Munns charm and all that, and like you know, Mun, Munns does have a charm, but it, but you know. So does the Norse one. They're both. They're both. There is their muns. It's a total shithole that has a di- a charm to it. Um. So yeah, it will. It will probably be the Norseman. I'm also. It's also the only pub I continuously get ID'd in, despite the fact that I am now right. thirty four years old. Um. But so that that's why you're going back to it then. Isn't pretty it? much. I every time. The word charm's getting chucked about quite loosely here. Um. Any good fish and chip recommendations? No, um, it's a total uh, dive of a, a hovel of a place. Um, no, there's a chippy up the road, but it's never usually open when you go for a game. Um, if you go into the town, there's some half decent ones in there, um, into like sort of like actual Greenock or maybe like Port Glasgow and stuff like that. But in terms of round capital, there's nothing there. Oh, and remember to take cash because much like Munns, they don't they don't usually take card and there are no cash machines anywhere nearby. So yeah, remember to take money before you go. Okay. Uh, I have oh, to call sorry. you out on this because this is what my brother refers to all the time. Because Andrew had to get cash out in Greenock and I said, Well, David says there's no good cash there's no, there's no available ones anywhere. And Andrew phoned me like straight after I was like, found one. And then anytime anyone mentions Martin or anything even like not to do with the football like see if it's just like oh the fact that a few of our like extended family live in Largs and whatever that kind of thing 
whenever it's ever mentioned and you'll immediately go oh but remember Heather there's no cash machines there like it is but he found one within seconds so no, I am the, going to contest this but I'm sure when um when you next see Andrew you can have this discussion I think there is one up the road in the shop but like every like most of the time when you go in it's not working or there's no cash in it so yeah but um but no absolutely fair I'm well you know I, I hold accountability for my mistakes so I'm happy to be proven wrong on this we'll add this to the pile of YouTube videos that we'll never make then of just Andrew taking David to a cash machine in Greenock then <laughs> yeah, that's sort of scintillating content I think everyone's been waiting for David do you want to kick us off for score prediction um Oh God, Capolo in January. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely be on the stairs though, won't we? We won't be in the shed. We'll oh, definitely yeah. be on those wee stairs, yeah. And you'll have to like battle a steward in, in hand-to-hand combat to try and get into the seats. Um, <laughs> uh, um, I will say 2-1 Thistle. That's bold. Uh, I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw. I think both teams are, are seem to be scoring quite a lot of goals at the moment. Uh, so I'm going to go 2-2 draw. A, a player I actually wanted to mention was Luke McBeth because he, he came on off the bench again on Saturday. And I think this might not be the worst game to chuck him into. You know, the, the sort of tight pitch at Capo, they're good at set pieces. He's a, he's a physical presence. So I think maybe if, if Stanley's not fit, he could be the other option in midfield. Um, James, I'll come to you next for a score prediction and any thoughts on, on Luke Macbeth, actually, who I, I forgot to ask you about earlier? Um, I'll, I'll probably go for a one eat, one all. I think I, I've just got a bad feeling about it. This capital at this time of year just always seems like a really tricky away day. And it seems like we've been there a lot and it's not gone Norway. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go for a one all. I won't be all done in Glen. Um, also, yeah, I'd like to say, yeah, I'm with David on the cash machine issue. Uh, I've been around capital many a time looking for a cash machine, can't find one. Mm, I, yeah, I, I'm not sure if I believe Andrew's story there. I think we're going to have to do some further <laughs> investigation. Um, in terms of, I, I thought, yeah, um, when he came on, he looked really good actually the last 20 minutes or so. Um, again, don't really know much about about him. Um, you're right, it might this might well be a game that's quite well suited to, just like you say, because he's got that physicality about him. He's got that height. He's, you know, again, we know Martin like are quite a dangerous threat at set pieces, so that maybe counteracts that a bit as well. So you're right, it could well be a good game for him. So yeah, we'll see, we'll see. But um, yeah, definitely hoping for a kebab pie as well if they, if they've got any of those going because I'm pretty sure I'm sure I've had a kebab pie at Capelo before and it was magnificent. Heather, score prediction from you. This is tough. Um, I think I'm going to join you in a two-two drama. I think that. Morton are obviously playing off a lot of confidence and I think we were the last team to beat them and uh, they've got a, a bit of swagger since they beat Dundee United. Uh, I think a few of their fans have been quite quite loud on Twitter etc but yeah I think I think a share of the spoils this weekend. I'm also gutted I can't be there so um, I don't yeah gutted. That is a shame. You, you go to whatever excuse? cash machine you like Heather. <laughs> Just you know if you want to take out money you can do that. It's you know Living the dream. Genuinely, though, no. I mean, Andrew brings us up all the time. So <laughs> I look forward, I, I can't wait for him to like walk you and James to this cash machine. Uh, a couple of things to cover before we finish with Partridge. A uh, really good win for the Partick Thistle women's team in the Scottish Cup this weekend. They beat Motherwell 4 2. A couple of goals from Captain Demi Falconer, who's having a, another great season. So well done to, to them. 
They have been drawn against either Queen's Park or Bonnie Rig Rose in the fourth round of the Scottish Cup. So that's a, a decent home tie in that as well. We will also have a, a podcast coming out next week. David, please. Coming out next week about uh, all about the women's team. We've, we've focused on a, a match day. Unfortunately, it was the Hearts game that they lost 4-1. But we've done a podcast focusing about all the sort of work that's in from the players, the coaching staff, the volunteers at Peters Hill Park, the media team into putting a, a Thistle match day on. So that will be out next week. And I think it's well worth a listen. So make sure you tune into that. Last little thing, a friend of the show, Ian Hepburn, who runs the the excellent from the sublime fanzine, has offered draw loser draw listeners a 15% discount uh, on his website. If they use the code BANZO, that's all capital letters, BANZO at the checkout, you get 15% off your purchase. He's, I think there's well, I think there's three issues and a best off issue, so you can pick up any one of them. I've written a piece for them about pies and food at Scottish football grounds, so you can pick one of them up with a 15% discount code. And we will finish, as we always do, with Partridge Thistle. And on, on a similar theme to, to last week's Come Dine With Me theme, we're still in the sort of the food world. I'm going to ask you, if you opened a pub or a restaurant, what would you call it? James, I'll start with you. Uh, so I've, I've went for a pub. Pubs are more fun than restaurants, in my opinion. Well, I was thinking about, you know, what, what are some good pubs? You know, there's the end of the Woody, there's Muns. But why not bring them together and create the Woodside Vaults? That's, that's what I would do. I would try and st- try and poach both their clientele simultaneously and create one mega thistle pub. That sounds like you've you've really put some thought into it. Do you have like a, a location in mind? Is it sort of equidistant between the two? Oh yeah, halfway yeah halfway between the two. So yeah. probably where those kind of um, wee houses are, that kind of estate. But I'd imagine kind of just up from the Tesco, probably there or thereabouts. So it's going it's going to be a lot of people are going to get evicted. There's going to be a lot. It's going to be a planning permission nightmare, but we're going to get there in the end. Heather. Okay, so I have famously a few catchphrases with my friend Kristen, and one of our favourite ones is hence this. So like things will happen, and then we'll like respond and go hence this. And we were, I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know what, that'd be a great name for a bar because like you're like you know I don't know you have a really bad day at work, hence this drink. You know you uh, you get a um like it's your birthday hence this drink so i am going to go for my bar to be called hence this though i did ask kirsten earlier and this one's for david uh she said that it should be called or she said what about harris's bar and i mean we can all agree with that David, everyone has gone for a, a pub or a bar so far. I'm willing to sort of bet my mortgage you're going to do the same. I can't <laughs> imagine you've ever thought about opening a restaurant. So what's your what's your pub or bar going to be called? Unless, unless you could just call the restaurant Chips. Um, I don't think <laughs> I will be. Um, no, um, anyone who knows me from Thistle Games will know I have an absolute uh, love for old man pints. 60, 70, 80 shilling. I love all the shilling eels. I am like the only guy in months that buys McEwen's Export. It is fact. No one else buys this apart from me. Um, so it, I would run a pub and it would just be called Old Man Pints and it would just have 60, 70, 80 shilling well, McEwen's Export tenants for you know all the sort of young people and a Heineken for something continental um, <laughs> there. And we'd have a basement that just put on gigs and that would be great. And all the, all the punks and hardcore guys, metalheads would be like, why is this old man pub doing all these great hardcore shows in the moment? And it's because 
I love old man pints and I love punk rock music. So let's combine the two. But yeah, old man pints, that's what they called. I'll, I'll open a restaurant there. I'll call it the Spethian and, and tribute to our brave American boy, Jordan Spieth. But back in form yesterday, we a third place finish, you know, would have like, tree, like a tree in the middle of the restaurant so you could like have a wee hook around it, like water features, plenty of stuff that, that could get you in trouble, but it would be a magical experience. Uh, but, but very good to see Mr. Spieth back in form yesterday. He's putting it well and he's going to win the Masters by at least six. So we will leave it there this week. We will be back next week to look back on our, our game at Capelo. And, well, we might preview the trip to Dingwall or we might do, like, something more entertaining, like do, like, a live commentary on, like, some snooker on Eurosport or something. Uh, that sounds absolutely terrible next week's podcast. I think the next couple of weeks are terrible as well. I think it's urge away after that, so, you know, you might want to set a few out. Uh, but thank you for listening. And in the meantime, stay safe. ever finished a podcast before by saying just sit the next few don't bother listening to it. <laughs> it is bold it's a bold strategy <laughs>